Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well on this Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday morning, some places, I suppose. Um, I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we have the pleasure of speaking with the leaders in the customer channel and brand loyalty industry about the technology trends and best practices that impact uh, brand's ability to drive unique experiences, engagement, and most, op most importantly, customer loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with David Ben Rigorin, CEO of Dropdang. I always butcher that name, so sorry about that. I did until I was about 14 as well. It's okay. That's good that we have something in common. That's good. <laughs> um, so, Dave, how are you today? I'm doing great. I, uh, I can't complain. I can't complain. I'm COVID free and uh, living the dream. That, that's always a good thing. So, I'm glad you're healthy and uh, everyone's safe. Um, so, I know we've had you on before, looking forward to uh, the discussion today. Uh, you, the questions we have today come from uh, some of the, the, the peer-based member-only meetings we have. You know, they come up with some questions, so we're really going to talk about kind of tier management, uh, looking at uh, best practices and getting your perspective on that. So, we're very much looking forward to that for sure. Cool. So, as mentioned, kind of top of mind right now for many marketers brands who are running customer loyalty programs is tier management, how they effectively communicate, uh, do they extend, do they not extend? You know, as a thought leader in this industry, what do you see at a high level with regard to tier management and, and customer loyalty? Sure. Well, it's, uh, you know, this year has been obviously crazy and um, everyone is thinking about what is the right thing to do for my program, what's the right thing to do with my my consumers, um, those folks who have tiers are, um, I've seen a lot of tiers changing. Um, and in general, the way that we have advised clients is to think about it in terms of, you know, share of what's the, you know, um, it, we, we deal a lot in the fuel industry. So share of tank, um, share of visit, um, other, other industries deal with share of stomach, you know, uh, so um, right now, people are only driving so much, for example. So um, asking them to fill up a certain number of gallons a month for, for a lot of people is not achievable. So um, we think in terms of, well, what is the share of their spend we're looking for? What is the share of their visit share of tank that we're looking for? And, um, you know, we've done, you know, you do analysis, you do A-B testing to figure out uh, where you should draw the line for your tiers. Um, and, um, it, it, you know, and you try to think through what, what is that share of wallet that's getting you to that tier, um, or share of, uh, share of tank, like I mentioned. And if we're living now in an environment where that's not possible, if you believe it's temporary, you adjust your tier, you adjust the tier so that the member, the average member who was enjoying silver status or gold status or whatever the achievement uh, that is driving that, right. you, adjust, you adjust it to get there. That's our perspective. If you believe it's temporary, and that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, the debates is uh, how temporary are some of these things. Have you seen any uh, specific challenges or opportunities with some of the clients that you work for, uh, particularly obviously in, in the fuel industry? Um, with regard to, you know, how you're helping your clients manage the tiers, either published or non-published? Sorry, say that again, how they're, how they're managing tiers? Yeah, so any, any specific challenges or opportunities you are seeing in your role with some of the clients? You know, what are they asking for? How are you helping them through, you know, uh, that, that process? Yeah, at a high level, um, most people are entering this or have been entering this type of uh, 
conversation and debate from a kind of a standpoint of fear and concern. Like, what if we lose our customer? What if, you know, what's going to happen when these people aren't able to maintain their tier because they're just, you know, they're doing the right thing. They're, you know, they're not, uh, they're not congregating and going to work and all these things, you know, we, um, and, um, uh, we are encouraging our clients to think in terms of opportunity. This is an opportunity for people to change habits in a big way. And while there is a downside to that, where we feel like we've done a nice job of establishing some pretty hard uh, and fixed habits in a number of our, um, you know, our members, um, constantly working on engagement metrics uh, to, to move those north, um, it is also an opportunity uh, for, for reaching out to folks uh, and um, breaking their existing habits, which might, in our case, might be going to a different fuel market in a fuel brand. Um, maybe um, you're not going to work as often. We find that in the, the traffic patterns that we deal with, there's oftentimes a couple of gas stations people would use, right. one being near, the, uh, near their work, one being near home. Now, a lot of people aren't going to work. Um, so uh, using it as an opportunity to take broken habits and uh, find new members is at a high level how we have been approaching it with our clients and, and we'd encourage, uh, encourage others, uh, you, know, you know, smart loyalty marketers thinking that way as well. Uh, we actually had uh, had a couple, a uh, few entities speak during our, our virtual event. We had Shell yesterday talking about some things they were doing, uh, you know, the SIGScape program, some other things, looking at behavior in the same regard. Is fuel still uh, kind of a highly emotional connection or kind of a rational connection? So they say, we've heard in the past uh, where people may drive, you know, five minutes out of the way to save 15 cents a gallon. Is that something you're still seeing uh, with kind of the change in behavior that's going on? Yeah, it's uh, it's a very funny industry. Um, I think the stat you're talking about is uh, people driving, uh, you know, there's an obscene number of people, a uh, percentage of people who drive five minutes out of the way to save five cents off a gallon. Um, and that is very true. Uh, sense off per gallon is a, is a, um, you know, has an emotional psychological element to it. Um, there's no other product out there where the price is on a pole sign 40 feet in the air. You know, it's so price centric, uh, that product. And, you know, that's good and bad when uh, you're a fuel brand and you're trying to generate loyalty, boy, you know, you're fighting against the, the mantra that gas is gas and you just look for the lowest price. Uh, that's, that's all you do. Um, that is what most people say they do as they focus on price. Um, but it turns out people do still care, even though when they fill out a survey, you know, price is the highest motivator. And then the, you know, other things like cleanliness and well lit and things, um, those, those are very far down the list at the end of the day. Um, you know, people want to go where it's convenient and where they feel comfortable and welcomed. Uh, none of that um, uh, is, is going to change. But it is very true that uh, price sensitivity uh, with fuel is, I mean, it's, it's almost part of the American culture. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's so deep. So, uh, you know, when you look at tier, tier expiration, tier management, obviously a big concern for brands. We've had, we've had some meetings with our brand members and they kind of talk about it uh, amongst themselves. You know, there's a challenge of do you extend or, or do you allow them to maybe make up a partial percentage of that? Because what we heard is that extending them in all cases may not be advantageous, right? May not necessarily have them commit. So if they're used to spending, 
you know, X amount of dollars over a period of time. Do you, do you give them two months, three months to make a percentage of, of those purchases to kind of, there's some reciprocity, some buy-in, some engagement, or, you know, what's the best way to manage the, this expectation? You know, understanding that it is completely new, the environment that we're living in now. Yeah, I think um, it is very dependent on industry. I think if you're in a hotel and airline where um, it, it's very difficult for uh, some of your members to participate at all in the core of your program, um, there are, you know, there's people who are flying every, every week, uh, every two weeks, going to play and literally are not flying at all, <laughs> you know, now. So um, it's very difficult in that case to tell a member, oh, you only have to fly so much, you know, uh, or you lose everything you've built, you know, and some of these are, um, you know, really important. The risk of, in those industries of not extending and trying to instead move the, the tier to a lower piece, you know, kind of a lower threshold, in our view is, um, you know, you're not thinking of share of flight in that case. Uh, and you are setting up some of your best members to now take a look back and say, okay, I don't really have a loyalty program anymore. I have no, you know, no, uh, no status in any, anything in this, uh, in this industry. So maybe I should take a look around. And frankly, that is happening. That is happening. And that's the opportunity I was talking about. But if you're running one of these programs, you don't want to be smart about it. I think, uh, um, uh, you know, you should, uh, you should consider extending a program in the, uh, you know, in, in the event that there really is no way for somebody to participate. That's our view. If there is a way for people to participate, like in our industry, you know what? People aren't driving as much, but they are still driving. There right. is still, you know, that is still happening. So we don't need, you know, we don't need 40 gallons a month. We don't need, you know, five visits a month or something like that. Um, something less will do. Um, show us that you're still engaged and you keep your status. You know, that makes sense. Other industries, you may not be able to do that. But our preference is to change the threshold such that you're still um, rewarding the share that you can, you can achieve. So basically kind of a fractional share. If, if, if you were expected to spend X, you look at that as 50%, it's kind of some fractional engagement, right? So to, to keep them engaged, because you obviously want to keep them at the tier, you want to have those those, those benefits, um, but giving them away is may not be the best way to do is what you're saying. Yeah, and another another thing that uh, we noticed some of our, you know, we're, we're partnered with um, like Southwest and, and Wyndham. Uh, we don't run their program, but they're a part of uh, a fuel program that we run. Uh, we have noticed from them because a lot of their core members are not able to participate in the core of the program, like, you know, fly with us and earn, earn points. They're looking to partners to help their members still stay engaged in the program in some way. Right. You know, okay, maybe you don't have to fly, but what else can you do as a part of Southwest Rapid Rewards to still participate, show us that, you know, you're doing what you can, um, and it might be buying fuel at a marathon gas station to earn Southwest Rapid Reward points, things like that. So they're reaching out to partners to, to find ways to engage with their members who um, they're kind of shut out from right now in the core of the program. Okay, interesting. Uh, you know, what are you seeing kind of in the, the, the fuel programs that you're running? Are you seeing uh, or, you know, can people extending? Or what, what are you seeing and maybe what are you advising? Yeah, so our advice in our industry is to change 
change the uh, the tiers, uh, uh, modify the tiers. We do think, and we have thought from um, early in this process that this was. Uh, I don't like to use the word new normal. I do think it's going. You know, there are uh, this. This is going to change. It's going to going to quote go back. Um, to, you know, people will go to restaurants again. People will fly again. We will get past this, but it is going to take a long time. And the length of time associated with this, we think, justifies a wholesale change in in tiering. Um, so, for example, what we've advised around, uh, and I mentioned earlier, these achievements to us, um, uh, we focus a fair amount on visits, partly because they're easy to understand. Also, because um, it's it gets to that concept of share, you only have such a you know you only have so big of a tank. If you're driving a uh, um, a small, relatively small car, um, I can only get you to buy so much gas. You know, um, so what we care about is that when you do go, your uh, we want your business. You know, so our uh, our tiering is based more on visits. And um, whereas we used to offer bonuses and things for five visits a month, um, what we have found is working. Um, we're noticing a bifurcation in our uh, member base where there are, uh, so we've moved the tier, the main tier to four, four visits instead of five, okay? But we're also noticing that there are some people, so there's some people that are driving just a little bit less. Yep. And, then, and then there's some people that aren't driving at all. You know, like there's, there's some people that have really had a shift for them personally. And I, you know what, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Um, but then there are some people who are driving, uh, but maybe just a little bit less. So we actually now we've split ours into a couple of different tiers. Okay. And trying to take the people who are driving very little that have had a major impact in their okay. life over this. And so we have a smaller tier now at the two visit per month level. We've done some testing around this. We're finding that, that that seems to be working well. And then we have a, a, you know, another tier at the four visit a month level. So we kind of, um, uh, we have found uh, members have been kind of speaking by their behavior that there's been, um, we, we've kind of detected two segments in this. So uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> this is my son, Lucas, who's uh, e-learning, by the way. So I apologize. Uh, no worries at all. My, my, my son is quarantined today for the first day he's been in school. He's home today. And uh, I was just texting my wife, who's above me, uh, staying home from the bank today. He was stopping on the floor. And I'm like, he has to stop. It's driving crazy. So anyway, so it's, 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 it's all fun. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting your son walked in because mine was just up stamping, stomping on the floor literally two minutes ago. Um, uh, so communication <laughs> seems to be a big, and I bite myself. This seems to be a big challenge for brands now as well. You know, how would you advise brands to uh, kind of communicate the tier process, right? Because obviously, going on saying, ah, we want you, but we're going to give you a percentage off. And there, there could be some arcane complexities inherent in that. But, you know, showing value, showing that it's worth, showing reciprocity. Do you have any ideas that, uh, that, that you see that would work, especially in the fuel industry, about how brands should be or marketing to the customer? Because that's somewhat of a dicey proposition at times, correct? I think it is very dicey. Uh, you'll hear from me, Mark, um, and I think you have in the past also, we talk about authenticity all the time. Yeah. Is this authentic? Is this message? And it's, I'm sure it's cliche. You know, is this offer meaningful? Is this message authentic? 
So um, it is dicey because I think all of us are, I mean, we all know these are companies, they want our money. You know, what's the ulterior motive? Everybody's got that rolling around in the back of their head. But occasionally you see a message, which is, yeah, it makes sense. You know, it, uh, yes, I'm a business. Yes, I want you to come visit us more. But you know what? We recognize we're in a, different, a difficult time. And right. so um, we want to reward our most loyal members. We sincerely love our loyal members. Uh, we enjoy working with them. We enjoy serving them. And uh, in this time, um, we, uh, we recognize that, uh, you know, you showing uh, your love for our brand is it's not as easy as it used to be. You know? So right. anyway, we think those type of authentic messages um, that are, um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a serious subject too. I've seen, you know, I've seen some of the marketing around these, uh, these changes of tiers and just in general, some of the marketing tactics um, that have gone overboard with the seriousness. I don't know if you remember this, but like I watched some things on DV, uh, DVR or whatever, and uh, I end up seeing some commercials from uh, April, you know, and every, all of these commercials are like a lot of hand wringing. Oh, you know, we're here for our customers and it's such a right. terrible. And like, I saw a couple of those and I was over it, you know, like I don't, that's not what I want for my brand. I don't need my brand. To, uh, I don't know. This is just, um, you know, you have to guess at some of these things. So you, I, I, I put my, myself in other people's shoes a bit, but I also am a, I'm a consumer. But anyway, I think there's, uh, on, on the one hand, you can overdo it by your sappiness because that's not authentic. You don't care about me that much, you know. But then you can also be a little too flippant, like, hey, good news, the tear is now easier to hit and not even acknowledge why you're doing it, you know. Right. Not even, so I think finding, striking that balance in the middle which frankly is, uh, is just, you know, it comes down to like authenticity. Consumers are smart. They get what's going on. They know the pickle you're in as a brand and, um, and they want to be appreciated. And I think, you, I, think, I think people can do that if they're honest about it. So brands who may not have a tier program, uh, especially in the fuel industry, um, uh, but maybe interested in pursuing that in the future, what is your advice on how uh, they should plan for that? Uh, are there a couple of things that they should be considering or uh, having in place before they make those decisions? I'm a fan of tiers. I, uh, I think uh, tiers make a ton of sense. The only reason in our industry that we've ever advised against tiers and we've done this relatively recently, is in an initial rollout, you need to keep messages simple. Um, the, not only for your members, potential members, if you're rolling out something new, um, but for the cashiers, you know, to understand what is this program all about. Um, that's really the only time we wouldn't advise for, uh, to have tiers. One of the reasons we really like tiers, there's the typical thing about, hey, reward, you know, save the value that you're going to really reward members, you know, reward your most loyal customers. Don't waste it on your least loyal customers. Okay, all that makes sense. But what tiers really do is they provide an opportunity to talk to your members authentically and in a meaningful way. Hey, you're just about to hit this tier and we want to let you know about that. Because look at all these benefits, you know, it gives you an opportunity to say something meaningful and uh, provide that, that nudge for engagement. Or, hey, act now 
you're just about to lose this tier. You know, airlines have been doing this forever. It's very effective. So uh, we're very, very much fans of that. Um, so we would encourage, even if you are, uh, if you don't have a tier in this, at least in this industry, and I can imagine some other industries may not, may not have uh, quite the same tie-in, we would always advise uh, to go for it. It does add complexity, not only for messaging, but also in terms of operationally, segment, you know, segmentation and, you know, running the engine, running the marketing, you know, marketing automation. But um, it is very worth it. You see material behavioral change due to it. That's awesome. Well, and obviously, tiers uh, can be very effective, as you as you mentioned. Kind of, it's that that aspirational uh, piece as well. But there's also we've heard a lot more about you know, kind of the true uh, announced tiers or published tiers, but more back end tiering that brands may do based on segmentation, based on communication cadence, what have you. So they're not necessarily explicit tiers. Uh, they're more kind of an implicit tier that the brands have and they know and they use. Uh, what are you seeing in regard to that? And then there's also kind of the hidden tiers, but really just more kind of back end tiering, back end segmentation uh, that becomes its own tiering structure. How does that work and how should brands be considering that? Yeah. So I have seen that be very effective um, in, uh, in some industries, and, I, and I've even seen it tried in our industry, uh, some of the hidden, hidden tier concept like, uh, um, and I, I uh, you know, Exxon is not a client of ours, but there was something very cool they did for, uh, for members who were some of their um, uh, most loyal customers. Uh, they sent them, you know, like a black card, you know, uh, and a gift, and uh, this this tier was not published, and it, you know I have not, not really seen much about it in the press. Um, but uh, they did something. Now I'm not 100 sure how effective that was uh, in our industry. It may not be quite as uh, powerful as you know if you're in a much more um, uh, you know a deeper relationship. We we kind of in our industry we tend to have high frequency, but uh, really tough. You know in this kind of gas is gas type of world price on a 40 foot sign, you know, uh, tough to build deep relationships, really uh, real uh, deep relationships in our industry. That's part of the challenge of it. Um, hidden tiers uh, can be very effective at building that next level, like fanatic type of relationship. Um, so um, yeah, in our industry, we, there aren't an incredible number of hidden tiers. I, I know people have tried it and tested it, and tested some things about it. It's very expensive. Um, in the fuel industry, not a lot of margin uh, to be working with there. Um, so also in, the, uh, in our industry, because it is so price-driven, uh, we have to be very careful about um, uh, people receiving rewards that other people don't get um, in a hidden fashion. There's a kind of a communication risk that goes along with that. So in general, uh, in the fuel industry, um, while we might extend offers to people uh, who have shown, for example, they, uh, you know, they, they purchase energy drinks and, uh, and, and beef jerky, you know, there's a segment out there that really does do a lot of that on a regular basis. Well, guess what? Um, we're going to hit them up with offers that are uh, related to that, and maybe we can extend their purchase. But, you know what, for somebody who uh, has only gone into the, the convenience store uh, once in the last six months, you know, for all the messaging, kind of the, you know, every message has a cost in our view. Uh, we don't want to inundate people. We want to make sure our messages are meaningful. We're not going to extend certain offers to those people. 
you know, so we're okay with that. But in terms of people earning at a new tier uh, in a kind of uh, a hidden way, um, we um, we haven't found the, in our industry the uh, the cost benefit um, okay. ways out for them. Uh, one of the last questions we have for you today is when you look at adding premium loyalty, subscription, uh, kind of paid programs is a higher threshold uh, in fuel or maybe in others of the partner programs you're running. What, what are your thoughts around premium loyalty and subscription programs and do they work? Uh, can they be effective? What are you seeing? We've had a debate about this. I have not uh, seen that so much in the fuel industry. When you, the expectation of a member in our industry, if you're going to pay a premium to participate, is that they are going to get something pretty material and it's probably going to be around fuel price. So, um, you know, Amazon, you pay whatever, $99 a year and you get free shipping. Uh, you get access to some deals that maybe others don't. Uh, that, that makes sense. That makes very good sense. In our industry, if you're paying you know, let's say $49 a year or 10 bucks a month or something like that. Right. You know, the expectation is you're going to get either a, you know, you're going to get a material cents off per gallon or we're going to provide some type of floor on the fuel price. You know, in, in our research, it's been that, that is kind of the expectation. It can't be, you're just going to get you know, you're going to get more points or something like that. It's hard for us to give experiences um, because we don't have as much control in, in the U.S. It's a very fragmented fuel industry. So I, I can't guarantee that the cashier is going to give you a good experience. You know, there's, uh, so it's hard, hard to deliver some of those things. Um, so uh, today we haven't seen that in our industry. I love it, though. I really I love the concept of consumer of members being able to raise their hand and say, you know what, I am, I really want to be participating at the top tier of this, this program. I really like this brand. Um, I love it because you can do it from the get go. You don't have to prove yourself over whatever, three, six months of behavior of, of spend to kind of earn that tier. You can say, you know what, I'm in, I love this. Um, and, and you can, you, you, as a brand, you don't lose the, you don't miss the opportunity perhaps. The challenge in our industry is, um, uh, you know, what what is that extra value add um, to uh, to make that extra, you know, that that paid tier, that premium tier, really really work. So uh, I think there's something here. It hasn't really happened yet in our industry. Um, we we have had some some very meaningful debates. So I'd say it's still uh, it's still an open question. But I think you're gonna. I think you're going to see it. I think you're going to see it. It's just not quite as uh, straightforward in our industry as I think it is in others. Okay, great. Well, David, as always, it's a pleasure to talk with you. And I think uh, what you're doing with the industry is uh, commendable. And, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we continue to hear great things from you. Uh, and, and again, appreciate your time. Let us know kind of what you're seeing, especially in, in your industry. I think it's very helpful to uh, to those who are running these programs because it is something that's top of mind right now from our market, which is how they truly manage uh, these different tier opportunities. Love it, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone.